It's good that we have a church of people who like to talk to each other. Yeah, it's a good thing. Um, <clears throat> so this, this month of September, we're celebrating what God has done in the last year. And that kind of started uh, last Sunday with the moving up ceremony and celebrating um, what, what happened in the lives of the kids who were moving up. And uh, something that happened this weekend, I believe, was there was um, a bunch of people, most of you wouldn't care about this, but I do. There was a bunch of people who were inducted into the, Nash, or to the Basketball Hall of Fame. So every year, kind of when that happens, I usually watch that. And one of the people who was inducted was this guy, his name was Grant Hill. Grant Hill was like an amazing basketball player when I was growing up. They kind of said he was going to be the next Michael Jordan. And he came into the NBA and he was like doing really well. And he was an all-star, and he was, like, on pace to be the next Michael Jordan. And then his, from that point on, his life kind of got plagued with injuries. He had an injury to his ankle, and then he got a surgery that went really, really poorly, and then he got an infection, and basically he was never the same player again. Um, and so he got up to give his speech at the uh, um, Basketball Hall of Fame, and he talked about how important this, that weekend had been for him because when he looked back at his career, he like saw all these struggles and all the pain that he went through and all the challenges that he walked through. And he like legitimately had, he didn't really remember like the amazing things that he did. And so like, he watched this highlight reel that they played before he spoke and he was like, he's like, that's not really the person that I remember. Like I remember the person who was laying on the trainer's table for hours and hours and hours, and the person who was rehabbing from surgery. And he remembered all the struggle, but he didn't really think about all the victory and all the amazing accomplishments that he had in his life. And I thought, you know what, we can do that too. Like, we can get stuck in the struggle of our life. We can get stuck in the hurdles, and we can focus on those things and end up forgetting to celebrate the victories that God has won in our lives and celebrate the awesome things that God has done. So what we wanted to do this morning was just give opportunity for a few people to share about some of what God has done in their life this year, okay? So first up is going to be Caleb Bennett. I started this year with a reset book, hoping that maybe it would force me to carve out time to pray more. Little did I know where it would lead me was often on the floor in tears before God. Bear with you. <laughs> this year has been about trusting God and his word as he rewrites my identity. About letting go of unrealistic expectations I have set on others. Some of the biggest disappointments in life are the results of expectations we place on others that they can't ever possibly meet. This is where my desire to connect with others becomes an unrealistic need. A verse God gave me earlier this year has been my mantra, so to speak. I will go before you, and I will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze, and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. Isaiah 45, 2 through 3. 
I have clung to this promise as God revealed truths to the lies I've been believing my whole life. I've clung to this as he's helped me process past rejections, habits of mine, and hurts. When rejection came, I buried myself into other things, trying to fill the gaps that it left. Food, people, and relationships, even good ones. Achievements, anything I could earn. But this year, he's tearing down the things I've ran to instead of him. All things I've reasoned or thought would help me cope. But these things are temporary satisfactions that will never truly satisfy the longing of my soul. And all these things eventually showed what incapable anchors they truly are. But on the other side of rejection, I can see the gifts these situations have given me. I can see that there is some form of protection wrapped in each one that's happened to me. I can see how God has spared, actually spared me from more hurt. I can then remind myself in the future to have a different perspective on new rejections. Instead of bringing feelings of past rejections into current situations, which only creates worse, feeling, worse feelings and blows the current situation way out of proportion, I can remind myself God is allowing this for a reason. In his mercy, I can find protection and see things falling into place rather than falling apart. All these past hurts, rejections, successes, and even events in my life are leading me to him and his love. He is what my soul has and is longing for. Then I don't have to feel the silence left behind in another person's or thing's absence with worldly things. His love will fill those gaps and will be the only thing in my life that will ever remain unchanged. All my failures and plans that didn't work out was actually an invitation to expectation, an expectation that God has something else for me that I can look at today's disappointments as God's making room for tomorrow's appointments. The peace of my soul doesn't have to rise and fall with unpredictable people or situations. My feelings can be hurt as people will affect me, but the peace of my soul is tethered to all that God is. When winds of hurt blow, they cannot uproot me and rip me apart. His love holds me. His love grounds me. And his love is a glorious weight, preventing harsh words, rejections, and hurtful situations from being a destructive force. I will feel the wind, but I won't be destroyed by it. His love is what anchors me. My past, whether good or bad, has led me to him, my calling, and the plan he has for me.
that I can wait in calm expectation and remain on the path he's created for me step by step. I can rest in the security of his name and what it means to my identity. All right, so Kayla didn't know I was going to share a testimony. Neither did I. Um, so John actually had asked me a little, little ways back if I wanted to, and I told him, I said, I got a lot to share, but let me think on it. And I was like, well, he asked me, I think it was last night, and I said, I really, I really haven't been able to think on it to really give anything, so I told him no. And then, I, we, you know, obviously I was ushering today, so I was in the back, and, you know, I was thinking about it. And there were a couple things that came to mind, and, you know, I found over the years that God sometimes has a really, what I, I like to think I have a good sense of humor. Um, I think he has a bad sense of humor, though, because, he, you know, it was more of, all right, God, I'm going to reason with you real quick. If John asks me, I'll do it. If he doesn't, then I'm going to go downstairs and help with the kids because that's what I'm supposed to do today. So naturally, you know, my wife Kayla just finished up. She did a great job, and I was, I was sitting there up front, and so John asked me. So I'm like, ah, oh, come on. I really, you know, I really, I have a lot to talk about um, normally, but I'm not a huge, we'll say, sharer in front of people, and that's, you know, a little glimpse. I didn't tell John this, and I told him I'd keep it real short. That's a little glimpse as a part of my testimony, too. Um, uh, I've met with them on and off a little bit here and there, and that's one of the things that I've tried to work on is, you know, I've, will say, suppressed many emotions over the years. Um, for various reasons, but um, that's one of the things that, <laughs> that I've been praying about. Um, more so, we'll say more so because you think of the uh, traditional, hey, I'm a man, and, you know, boys don't cry, and all that kind of stuff, and so naturally, that's kind of the direction I've gone, and I don't, I don't tend to share a lot, you know. We'll say from the heart, I guess. So, um, so it's one of the, we'll say, part of the testimony that, you know, God has really been working in me to, to help me express some of those areas. Um, another one is um, looking back, and God reminds me from time to time, and I've been trying to pray, at, you know, every morning on my day to work and, uh, you know, listening to what he has to say to me. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that keeps coming back and cycling around is um, a word that uh, Kathy Campbell had actually given me, I couldn't tell you how long ago, probably at Camp Judah. Um, actually, it was. And then again, here at the church and from various other people as well. And that's um, 
the call of leadership, uh, you know, on my life. And, you know, to some that can look very different, uh, as there's many different types. Um, but it's one of the things that being in the role that I'm at at, at work, um, you know, God keeps, keeps kind of bringing me back to that and, you know, something that I continue to try to work on my best, whether it's at work or even for my family. Um, and then the last testimony is, um, and I had actually forgotten about this, but Kayla and I, uh, we were fortunate enough. We were fortunate enough to be able to go um, on a missions trip down to Costa Rica, um, which was real impactful for, for myself. Uh, and I know her as well, but when you, when you commit to doing something like that, there's always the financial burden that comes along with that. Um, so it was more, we were trying to iron out the details. Can we afford this? Can't we? Um, you know, should only one of us go? Uh, and so we continued to pray into it, pray into it. Um, and then, you know, through family and friends, we were extremely blessed, um, you know, uh, substantially. Um, and, you know, in the financial area, and, and we were able to afford to go. Um, and I, you know, at that point in time, I was, you know, I felt extremely blessed. So did Kayla. Uh, and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, you know, wow, God, you're good. Um, obviously, we're meant to be there. Um, and then, and this, this was back February time, and I would say probably a month, month and a half ago. I don't know why I was thinking about it, but I was thinking about it. Um, and God had actually come back and reminded me um, Reminded me of a time when um, he blessed me tremendously at, at work, um, and and I ended up with a uh, a couple of really really good sized bonuses, um, and I had felt that at that point in time it was important um, to give to a couple uh, couple individuals that were um, doing missions work as well, and. For whatever reason, like I said, not even thinking about it, about a month and a half ago or so, he brought that to my attention, and he said, He said, remember when you were faithful to me calling you to give four or five years ago? I said, yeah.
And he said, this is me being faithful to you when you're needed. And the amount that I'd given was half or even less of what we were blessed with to be able to go on ours. cry. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> My journey started two years ago at a family reunion where Kathy Bell was there, and we started talking, uh, and we were reminiscing about old times, and she started talking about the Lord and what he has done for her. And that's, she's a member of the Family Life Church, and at that time, I was very much interested in what she had to say. Then a year and a half ago, I retired from work. At that time, I felt lost and empty. I was a member of the YMCA and started to go. That's where I met Judy, Pastor Taylor, and Jennifer, and then seen Robin, who I had known. Judy and Pastor Karen invited me on different occasions to come to church, but I knew it wasn't going to happen on my own. Then one day at a Chamber of Commerce meeting, uh, honoring my sister, Kathy was there, and I asked her to sit with me. Neither of us were members, and once again, the topic of the Lord and the Family Life Church came up. Then out of the blue, tech, Kathy texted me and asked me if I'd like to go to church on Sunday, and I jumped on the invite. <laughs> that Sunday, I couldn't wait to go. I was in church, and I looked around. For Kathy, and she wasn't there yet, I scanned the reception room, and there were so many members I knew. I seen Pastor Karen, and she said, I was praying for you to come. I was so much overjoyed and went. I believe Jesus made it easy for me to come to church. I crossed paths with so many church members outside of church. The Lord felt, the Lord knew I felt lost and empty. The sermon by Pastor Jonathan about being layered and broken hit me deep. And then I thought to myself, that's me. One sermon by Pastor Chris mentioned that when you believe in the Lord, you're never alone. The Lord has been with me from the beginning. I knew it. I called upon him when I was in my lowest, and he was there to help me through it. The Lord wanted me at Family Life Church to learn and to grow. So I'm thankful to the Lord and to be amongst his family members. Thank you. So this happened to me last year when um, my kids and I, we had like uh, a Bible study sort of before they went to bed. And we just read the story about Samuel and how God was talking to him. And my kids asked me if God ever talked to me. And I was like, yes, this is how I became a believer. God spoke to me and continued speaking. And then one of them asked, so when did God talk to you last time? And I was like, that's a good question. <laughs> I realized that um, I got so busy doing work and doing stuff to like help my family and establish her. Um, 
you know, house here and get the job, work at this job and stuff, that I forgot about God and actually spending time with him and talking to him. So I prayed. And when you do stuff like that, usually it happens that God answers those prayers. So he started speaking to me and... Um, then the kids ask, so how does God talk to you? And I'm like, I can't explain this. Sometimes he speaks to me through his word, through other people, or sometimes he's just talking to me and I just can't explain. And they're like, well, is it happening in your head or is it happening in your heart? And I'm like, that's a good question. It's somewhere in between. Like, I can't explain this. <laughs> so, and I think that they were genuinely curious because they wanted to have the same thing. And they said, well, why don't you guys pray and you know, has God to speak to you as well. So this past last few months, God has been speaking a lot, and uh, his last word was his encouragement from Joshua 1.9. It was right when I was, like, thinking, can I do this? It seems like it's too powerful for me to go through this. Is it possible even? And God said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And um, I just wanted to challenge myself that um, I want to spend time with God. I want to spend um, time with him every day, and not just when things are difficult or when I remember. And so if you'd like to join this challenge, you're welcome to. Hi, everybody. Um, so just recently, and it's, to me, it's unfathomable that I'm still standing here today in this church and um, speaking about it. Um, I really thought that, you know, I had a change of em employment. Um, my circumstances changed. And um, thank you, Pastor John, Pastor Chris, Karen, April, for uh, burden sharing. And, um, well, I woke up, and God was talking to me. Um, for a while now about the situation I was in and um, it just came to a breaking point where I put myself just alone with him to speak with him and uh, it wasn't pretty but um, I and thank God I don't have too many neighbors because I was literally crying out to him and asking him what to do about the situation and um, I went to bed that night and, and prayed on it and woke up on Sunday and so I'm going to make a change, and I did, and uh, it was really difficult. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I just knew that God was with me through this, and it was something I had to do. So um, that happened, and um, I, I, all I was asking for was uh, his grace in, in this situation because a lot of um, awful things really could have happened, and um, I just kept praying. I couldn't even really move. I was sort of incapacitated. I would just sort of lay on the couch and ask him, <laughs> what, what is happening right now? And uh, so he gave me a lot of grace. I mean, I, I, I was answering, you know, close to 100 phone calls, if not more, throughout the day. And I laid on the couch that Monday, and not a single call came in. It was just like he snapped his fingers and said, take time and, and rest. And um, that, that, was, that was amazing to me. And so I did. I, I just sort of followed him. And it was one foot in front of the other, and... Um, I, I, there's times I've been nervous, there's, there's always I'm scared about things, and uh, I just keep praying on them to God, and um, he always delivers, and um, 
he, and he doesn't deliver for my selfish desire. I, I don't feel I could ask him for, you know, can you drop down like a big bucket of money right now? This, <laughs> this might be good, but no, it's not that. Um, I actually, when I was in my former employment, I couldn't practice a certain area of law. Um, and I haven't been able to do it for about six years. I actually start, when I first started my career, that's what I did. And then it was, I couldn't do it for about six years. And um, I, I just know God's hands in it because um, not less than two weeks after my circumstances changed, um, someone who's very, 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 very close to me um, found themselves in, a, in an awful situation. And, um, and honestly, it's a, it's a, what they call a pro bono case. There's no money to be made in this case, and I'm not looking for it. Um, but it's a really bad circumstance, and now I can do it. Now I actually can help somebody do it, whereas six, I couldn't do it for six years, and I haven't practiced it for six years. And no one's even asked me to do it. And all of a sudden, you know, my situation changes, and here it is. You need to help someone. So I know that I'm, I'm, I'm following God's path and God's will, and uh, I couldn't do it without um, the support of the church and um, my wife, Miriam. So I'll give it to her. And just I, I, my message is that God's always with you. You're not alone. Talk to him. Take time with him. And uh, he'll be by your side always. <clears throat> Hello, my name is Miriam Strassel, and I'm um, married to a wonderful R.D. Strassel, and we moved here from Lockport, Gasport area, just about um, oh, oh, four years ago, and um, just for R.D.'s job, he was commuting back and forth, and it was a really long commute, and um, moved out here, went to work at Morden um, Katsuba in Arcade, and about two years after? Two years after, opened a satellite office here in Warsaw, right next to Rivolino Realty. And that's where I went to work every day. Um, I was his secretary, and I got to bring the kids to work with me, so I was really blessed to have that opportunity. And, um, yeah, one Saturday morning, I woke up, and I could feel the sheets on this side of me, and I was like, oh, my God, where is my husband? <laughs> what is he doing? Yeah, he totally went to clear out his desk at work, and when he went to clear out his desk, that also meant my desk as well. And um, he came home, and, you know, I had known it was going, it was really bad at work, and um, the last time that we both got sick in January, double ear infection, strep throat, and sinus infection all at the same time, the doctor took his blood pressure three different times, and they were like, how are you still even alive on my table? So I knew that his stress level and everything at work was not going good, and it was not ha happy or pretty for our family situation. So um, needless to say, Sunday we had family over. I know we didn't come to church that day. I just I was like, oh, my God, no, thank you. Um, and had family over. They talked with us, and we shared a lot of where we were with. It was really nice to have. And Ever since then, it's like, it's so weird because it's like when he, we did something like that, like there's no money and savings, no nothing. It's like, what is going to happen to us? Like, are you absolutely out of your mind nuts? And it's like, I just had this peace within me. He's like, are you mad that I did that? And I was like, no, like, I'm actually not mad you did that. I think that it'll be the biggest blessing we've ever known. And um, I've had to like, you know, encourage him a little bit, like, like, gets really scared and he's like did I do the right thing like where are we gonna get money from for this bills and I'm like already just knock it off I was like you know 
you did it, so here we are, you know? And it's so cool, because I've never been in this position before where we are completely putting all of our faith into God, and there's no place I would rather be than in this situation. And I like to have fun with it. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, Mr. <laughs> Serious doesn't think it's too fun sometimes, but I picture it to, I'll just leave you with this. And um, it's like, mostly moms will know, but like if you ever watched Nemo, when Nemo gets onto the EAC, the East Australian current, and they're just like riding it, he's like, dude, it's totally awesome, man. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So a lot of these stories um, kind of culminate in what uh, a verse that I was um, has been part of my life for a, a little while. It's Proverbs 16:9. Um, it's a kind of a fortune cookie one. It's uh, man plans his uh, plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, you, you hear it. Uh, man plans, God laughs. Everybody hears this, but um, a year and a half ish ago, that really hit uh, me and my wife, um, and it's. It's a bonkers story. Uh, <laughs> so first, let me explain myself. I'm Sam Maurer. Um, I'm an Air Force ROTC cadet, uh, and that started in 2016, so six-ish months after I got married to my wife, Ashley, who's downstairs um, with the kids. So we were married, and I started school at Roberts and started this Air Force ROTC to uh, join the Air Force eventually in May. Spoilers. Um, so. I was already, I applied and I did all this work and I was um, really confident in myself that I could get this done. Um, I worked hard through the first semester um, and it was recognized through the captains and the lieutenant colonels. They recognized my confidence and my um, abilities and they, you know, I, I, I won a couple of awards for like um, academics and whatnot. Um, and then the second semester I was given a scholarship, um, full ride scholarship for, for my college, which is really cool but there was a caveat that I needed to get medically qualified because in 2013 or 12, I don't remember, I got uh, shoulder dislocation at Camp Judah uh, jumping down the slip and slide. So I jumped and I landed right onto my shoulder, popped it right out, and uh, so it got dislocated and um, the people in the Air Force, they kind of don't like seeing dis, dis stable shoulders because you got to do push-ups and whatnot. Um, so they didn't like that and I was filling out paperwork and bureaucracy, they messed up and thought that I got two shoulder dislocations, even though it was just one. So two shoulder dislocations, that's no waiver, no way in, you're done. So I went into an, uh, the captain's office and they're like, um, you're, you're, obviously you're doing great, but that doesn't matter. Here's the paperwork, you have to leave and kind of choose a new life for me and my wife. All, of, all the plans that we had were kind of out the window at that moment. We're like, oh no. And then I, was, I looked at the paperwork and I thought, wait, this is for two shoulder dislocations. I only had one. They're like, oh, that's crazy, paperwork, oh man. So they were like, all right, don't worry about it, even though I was worrying like crazy about it because a lot mattered. My entire future was reliant on that paperwork. <laughs> so that was frustrating. So I was like, okay, well, it's one, for, one, one dislocation. We'll get a waiver, we'll figure it out. 24 hours later, I'm in the hospital for my second dislocation. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> 24 hours later, I have to call my wife. Like, so I dislocated my shoulder for a second time. So we were like, oh no, that actually means that we don't know what our future is going to be and we have no clue what to do. Um, yeah, my heart was planning my way to go into the Air Force and then 
uh, steps got directed differently than I had planned. Um, but the timing worked out, so that's, the timing worked out terribly and then also perfectly, which is what's amazing about this story. Um, I dislocated my shoulder during physical training for the Air Force. So I was still involved because I didn't sign that paperwork saying that I was leaving. So the next day I went to physical training and dislocated my shoulder during that. So because it was during Air Force time, the Air Force had to pay for any recovery needed. So I, physical therapy and whatnot was paid for by them, including going to the orthopedic doctor and saying, if like the, what happened was my labrum got torn. So it's just completely unstable in there. So it needs to get surgery. So they need, need to go and screw the labrum back to the bone, um, which changes my waiver. Because now it's not just two dislocations and I have a, an unstable shoulder. If it's, I have a surgery, then it could get fixed. And that surgery is now paid for by the Air Force. <laughs> so I didn't have to pay for anything. There was no medical bills whatsoever. And I got the, the free surgery. I got free surgery out of the deal. Um, and then it's still bureaucracy. I still didn't know. Like, I could get free surgery, which is cool. Everybody loves free surgery. Or not. It, <laughs> um, no surgery would have been better, but whatever. Um, so, the, yeah. So I got surgery in October of last year. So if you saw me in a sling, it's because I got my shoulder cut open and screws put in and whatnot. Um, so that was all taken care of, but I still didn't know if I was qualified for the, for the medicals. That they still bureaucracy that takes forever. So from April of last year until May of this year, me and my wife had zero clue what our life would look like after I graduate from, from Roberts, I guess. So let's just like, we, it, we learned a new level of faith like you really like it, it kind of felt like um like Gideon with the army and he like had had a great army and was like okay I'm like, we got this we're gonna do this and the guy was like actually no you, you, that's too many you, like he, he basically he whittled he whittled me, us down to the point where there's really no way that this worked out except for God like <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to pay for that surgery I would have like if I got dislocated at Camp Judah, when I was at Camp Judah, I wouldn't have been able to pay for that, and I would have just been out, like, completely. So it, like, really showed the steps. Like, no matter what you think your plans are, he really, like, he showed us that it's only his plan that works out. So, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, so... Sometimes when you're sitting listening to testimonies, it can be like, you know, like, why are these people crying so much? And like, you know, why are they staying up there and cry and they can't even get out words? Well, have you ever been in a place where you needed a touch from God and then God showed up and touched you? You might cry too. Have you ever felt financial pressure and been in a place where it's like, God, I don't know how this bill's going to get paid. And then all of a sudden God comes through and you have an emotional response. Um, so I want to encourage you with two things this morning. First of all, there's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives. So don't be afraid to build friendships and pry and ask questions. You know, it's very easy to see people and say, how are you? And I'm fine. Well, sometimes people aren't fine, but that's just the response that they give. But we, then they end up carrying that burden alone. So don't be afraid to pry and ask questions and find out what's really going on in people's lives. 
Um, the second thing is, I think probably some of us, we hear testimonies, and we've, we all know that a testimony comes after walking through a test. So it's like you go through this test, and then you come out the other side, and you have a testimony. But maybe some of you here this morning are in a place where you've been walking through a test, or maybe what it feels like one test after another. And you hear those testimonies, and you're like, man, I would love to have a testimony on the other side of this test. And what I just wanted to do was, if you're in that place this morning, I just wanted to ask you to stand, and then we're going to go ahead and have the people that are around you just lay hands on you, and we're going to pray for you. So if you're in that place where you've been going through a test, and you would love to have a testimony on the other side of that test, would you just stand up this morning? All right, I just want to give one more second for anybody who's been going through challenging situation or maybe a number of challenging situations, and you say, you know what, I want to find the real, true, living God in the midst of this situation. I need an answer to this thing that I've been praying for, or I just need to find God. I need him to touch my heart. We need him to move in our life. If that's you this morning, just stand up. Okay. So for those of you that aren't standing, what I'd like you to do is go find someone who's standing and just lay hands on them. And we're going to just take a minute and pray for them this morning. You don't need to ask them uh, what's going on in their life. Just everybody together, just begin to pray out loud for, the, for those people that you're laying hands on. Out loud. So you would make yourself real to them that whatever they're walking through that they would find you being faithful to them in the midst of that challenge in the midst of that situation Lord we come to you and we lift up our brothers and sisters Lord we pray for them like people prayed for us when we were walking through challenging situations Lord, whatever's going on in each one of their lives, Lord, I ask that you would meet every one of their needs, that they would find you in the midst of this struggle, in the midst of this test that they've been walking through, that they would find out that you actually are more real than they ever thought you were. They would find out that you are more faithful than they ever thought you could be. You're better than they knew you are. Lord, we ask you to meet with each one. And Lord, I ask that there would be a day in the future where each one of these people that are in need this morning, that they would have a testimony that they could share with us to encourage us when we're in the midst of a difficult time. Lord, I ask for answered prayers. I ask for shockingly fast answered prayers. I ask that even like this week, people would be shocked and they would just say, wow, like I've been asking God for this for a long time. I didn't expect him to answer in a week when I've been crying out to him for this for a year. Lord, I ask that you would move in each one of their lives. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Be blessed and encouraged and go and have an awesome week. If you um, are one of those ones who wanted to get baptized or become a member, please sign up on Pastor Chris's list.